Hey everybody and welcome to the special zombieology or zombiefest you you take your pick uh, episode of Fangirl Radio. I'm your host Jessica Dwyer and tonight's episode is uh, as I said all Rob Zombie all three from hell and uh, I hope you enjoy this because we have not only Bill Mosley the legend the man who is Otis P. Driftwood, uh, but we also have Richard Brake, who is joining the uh, the family. He's been in an, a couple of Zombies films already, and notably 31. But uh, this time around, he's playing a new character named Foxy, who is actually the brother of Otis, um, half-brother, and he is one of the three from hell. Now, a lot of people may have noticed in this film that um, in, the, in the advertising, you don't get to see a lot of Sid Haig. Um, there's not a lot of Captain Spaulding to be found. And the reason for that is, in fact, and it has been announced, this isn't... Um, me breaking some vow of silence now, um, that, uh, that Sid was very ill and wasn't able to be a part of this film as much as Rob had originally hoped. Uh, Captain Spaulding, uh, is not one of the three from hell as shown in the posters. Um, so, uh, what happened was because of his illness, and this is something that if you read the latest issue of Horror Hound, I actually interviewed Rob Zombie um, about this film, and he goes into some detail about what was going on with uh, Sid. Um, we uh, we don't see that much of Spalding. Uh, Sid was very, very sick. So, um, at, and right before the film was supposed to start uh, shooting. So Rob had to go back and retool everything um, to build around Baby, Otis, and Foxy. So that is your three from hell that you'll see in the films, uh, marketing, on the posters. But Sid is in the film. Um, it's not a very long part, but uh, he is in the film. And so you will get to see Captain Spaulding in all of his uh, haggard, scary, gory glory, if you will. Um, I got to watch the film um, right now. Um, it's going to be uh, for in 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 preparation for these interviews. Um, I did get to watch it. I don't get to, I believe, do any reviews yet. I will be doing a review. Um, but I would say this, um, that's not very spoilery. This film, as you can tell from the marketing and from the trailers that you've seen, is very much a Western sort of horror. Um, there's um, Mexico uh, shots in there that you see these uh, towns in Mexico. You see a lot of Day of the Dead um, going on. Danny Trejo's in there. Um, so it's, it's actually got a very Western flavor to it, especially um, the second half of the film is very very western so it's beautiful looking for um for what is very much you know as rob does very low budget um and uh i think you're gonna enjoy it um i really love talking to bill and richard about this film uh bill mosley is always a treat to talk to and richard is quite the interesting character um and talking to him about this was really great because this is a totally new character into the Devil's Rejects um, House of a Thousand Corpses world. So he got to bring something to life into that um, universe. So that was really uh, a really great treat to talk to him about. Uh, again, the music in this film, um, there's a really neat soundtrack. Um, there was a couple of uh, releases uh, that were leaked online from Rob that you can listen to. They're uh, very retro, 
because this film is set not in the 70s but in the early 80s um, and you'll find out all about that as well when you see it so right now um, the the film is not getting like a wide release yet um, you'll be able to go to a fathom event near you um, the film will be showing on the 16th 17th and 18th um, as a nationwide release from Three for Hell at the Fathom events. So you'll be able to go to the film uh, event. I think it's actually going to be um, some extra footage in there. They typically do some extra goodies with these movies. I believe there will be a Q&A with Rob. Um, and there's uh, also just to give you some more idea about some of the uh, other faces that you're going to recognize in this movie. Jeff Daniel Phillips, who again was, has been in many of Rob's films. Clint Howard shows up. Um, Daniel Roebuck's in there. You get to see Dee Wallace. Dee Wallace, by the way, her character, I didn't even recognize her. She was so good. Um, God, I love Dee Wallace. She is amazing. Um, but anyway, as I said, Danny Trejo's in there. Jeff Daniel Phillips. Just You'll recognize a bunch of people in this movie. Um, so it's a really, uh, it's a brutal film. I got to tell you, though, I was really uh, very happy with Sherry uh, Zombie in this. She really rocks this movie. Uh, her chops are getting better and better as she goes along. And uh, her uh, baby in this is really good she's she's bringing it as baby I have to say in this movie and uh, you know um, she's been doing this for a while and uh, she's doesn't look any different so she looks beautiful as always and insane and brutal and nasty so I would um, I would definitely check this out um, as I said there is a interview in the next issue of Harhound this this coming out this month with Rob talking about three from hell but here you go. I bring you two of the three from hell, um, Mr. Richard Brake and Mr. Bill Mosley. And I uh, hope you enjoy. Talk to you soon. See ya. And here they come, two from hell. Hi, Richard. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Jessica. So, uh, this is a new, a major new character to this universe that Rob created. Can you talk about creating him with Rob and what sort of history he has? Did you create one for him in your mind? Um, I love finding out those little tricks from actors because I think it adds to their character and their work. Um, yeah. Um, Rob very uh, gives you a lot of freedom when you create a character. I mean, to start with, he always writes. Once. It's always so well written to begin with. So in many ways, all the little hints are on the in on in the script um, to what Rob how Rob might see the character. But and other than that, he tends to really leave the rest to you as an actor, which is fantastic. I mean, he's so he's so um, free in that way uh, as an artist. So it, it gives you as an actor a great deal of freedom to to decide what to do with him. Um, obviously, Foxy's crazy ways are already in the script, and then we did a lot of uh, improvisation at times. Uh, Rob really encouraged a lot of improvisation, too, to kind of bring out some more of Foxy's uh, <laughs> demeanor. Um, <laughs> mad demeanor. But, um, you know, in terms of, like, the work I do as an actor, I always come up with a whole history for the character. 
Um, but I always keep that a secret because then everybody goes, Oh, well, that's why. I, but I did, you know, I did a lot of, a lot of work before we started shooting, um, to, to, you know, what my relationship would be with the others and how I fit into that world. And, um, you know, but the clues were already there already in the script. And then, and then we just went for it. Uh, once we started shooting on that first day. Awesome. But, yeah, but there was a lot of freedom for this character. So. Uh, I loved him. I thought he was fantastic. Um, you, you cracked me up a number of times in the movie. <laughs> um, so part of what I really, really loved about it was uh, your relationship with Bill and um, how that worked with Otis. Can you talk about creating that camaraderie? Yeah, because I had never worked with Bill before. I obviously... Uh, have such great admiration for him as an actor um, from all the work he's done over the years and especially the work he's done with Rob. So for me, one of the big highlights was getting to, to finally work with him. Um, uh, and, you know, he's such a generous actor that it's so easy to immediately get into a kind of riff with him. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the scenes, again, we would shoot the what was always on the page because Rob had always made sure we... We shot the, the scenes written, but then many times Rob would say, okay, why don't you try this? And he would give me some ideas, and then I would go and improvise something. And, and there were a lot of times it was to see how Foxy might just mess with uh, Otis's head, which I loved watching Bill's reaction, because he had no idea what I'd be coming up with. <laughs> and then Bill would, because he's so great, and so he's such a great actor, he would come up with some kind of reply, and then we'd, we'd be off on something together and some some crazy improvisation. So um, it was really, really fun working with Bill. And he's, and, you know, I, I knew he was a great actor from watching him, uh, watching his work, but to actually um, sit there and be right opposite him and to do all those scenes we had together was, uh, was, a, was an incredible uh, experience. Um, I just loved it. The funniest thing about Bill is anytime I see him at a convention, I always say, do you have any cookies? And he always has cookies. It's really weird Someone has either given him cookies or he has brought them with him. And he always gives them to me. He's like, here, I have a cookie. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm going to try that next time. He will. He'll have them. I swear to God, he'll have cookies. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this was a pretty fast shoot because um, it was like just at a month or maybe even less. How was the filming process for this? Because it seems like it was so quick. No, we, we, you know, I, I forget how long we had, and it, it, it definitely, it was a, it felt a lot bigger than um, thirty-one, which mm -hmm. was, you know, that was very, very, um, you know, we were really, really running against it a lot now. But this, um, but you know, even having said that, with Rob, no matter, you know, how much time you might have, he always, he's, you know, he gives, he always gives the, the actors in the film a hundred percent. If you never feel like you're rushed or you never feel like you're, you know, struggling against budget or anything like that. Um, so, you know, the, uh, even the big, big scenes, that, you know, the final scenes that are, you know, quite epic in, mm. in, in many ways, all were, you know, we, we had, you know, we had real, it felt like we had a great deal of um, space and, and time to do that. So, yeah, I didn't in any way feel that was any kind of limitations at all. Yeah, it, it was very so Western epic. It was very Western epic at the yeah, end. I really yeah. dug that. It was great. It felt like that as we were shooting, and it really felt epic. And so many of those scenes felt just huge you know, as we were shooting away. And 
you know, we shot a lot of that up in a location outside of LA. Um, you know, with where they'd shot a lot of classic films over the years. So it was real fun to be a part of that history. Cool. Well, I'm one. Th- I, I know I'm probably going to lose you here in about um, two minutes, but I've got one question that I really wanted to ask you about because a lot of fans of the fl- the Fireflies and the, these films have ideas on what they these characters represent. What do they represent to you? What do you see when you look at Baby and Otis and uh, Foxy and, uh, and you know and Captain Spaulding and these um, characters? What do you think you see in them? I, I mean, I, I always feel they're the outsiders and all of us, you know, especially people that are attracted to, to Rob's work, um, myself included, have always felt a little bit like the outsiders, um, you know, society's, society's bad boys um, in whatever way it might be, whether we were, you know, the kids at school that, you know, got into trouble or was always cracking jokes in the back or whether, you know, whatever it might be, you know, all of us have. I think he re- they re- these characters really appeal to to those of us that feel um, you know like society's bad boys, I guess, you know, or bad girls, and um, that's why we often root. You know, every, and one one of the great things about the whole trilogy of um, films we have so far from uh, from um, Rob with the Devil's Rejects are that you know they that we're rooting for these guys. <laughs> you know, that's such a the great thing. I remember watching Devil's Rejects, you know, just loving uh, the three of them. And, um, and you know, I think that's because we can identify with their outlaw nature. All of us want to be outlaws, and most of us who, who love these films are outlaws in one way or another. You know, <laughs> that's my thoughts on that one. Gotcha. Well, that's a great answer. And uh, my last question is piggybacking kind of off of that you've really embraced the horror genre, which I really respect um, and admire in you. Can you talk about what attracts you to it and what you think attracts others to this genre? Is it kind of like that outsider mentality? I mean, yeah, I think it is that outsider mentality. I mean, I've loved horror films since I was really little. Like I used to watch the, the, I think after the cartoons, they would show a horror film, like a hammer horror (laughs) film when I was really young. Those are the best. And I would watch that. And then of course I couldn't sleep. And then I wouldn't be able to, my, my, my mother or my brother typically would have to stay (laughs) in bed with me until I fell asleep. Um, and then I, they, and they couldn't work out why this was going on for weeks, months. (laughs) And then eventually they worked out. I was, because I was watching these films throughout the night, Saturday. Um, and then I went on to, you know, I love um, um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the 70s and those gritty, realistic uh, horror films just blew my mind. I spit on the grave. I remember seeing that and freaking out. And, uh, you know, went all the way through. I love Wes Craven's films. So I, I think it's, you know, I, I, for me, it is, part of it is definitely that feeling of, um, of the, you know, horror films are almost the rebel of the film industry. And uh, there are these films that are that often say way more than films that are classic dramas that win Academy Awards. I mean, there's a lot more mess, you know, a much sometimes a much better message in in a great horror film, and, a, and, a, and yet they get sort of marginalized in some ways. So I love the horror genre, and I think you know the more more of it, the better. And, I, and, I, and what's great is I love horror fans. I mean, the fans I've seen at conventions, Horrorhound included, have been, are just incredible. The dedication and love for the genre and for the artists working on it, um, 
is really is unlike anything else. And I've been in a lot of stuff. You know, I, I've, went, I've found some Game of Thrones and from you know all kinds of stuff, but nothing um, compares to the fans and the horror genre. And, and they're always the nicest people. They're always the nicest people you're going to meet. Unbelievable, yeah. <laughs> and, and the funny and and the people, both the fans and the people make these movies. I mean, I love the fact that you know we're making Free uh, from Hell, and you know uh, the the zombies are vegans. I'm a vegetarian. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Bill and I we don't drink. You know, there's uh, these. We're, and Jeff Daniel Phyllis has got to be the sweetest human being on the planet. And there's these, as you know, all of us. It's just this really lovely bunch of people, and. Everybody that Rob brings on, um, even the people I haven't worked with before, like Amelia and uh, Amelia and um, Richard Edson and God, Clint Howard. I mean, all of these incredible actors. They're also incredibly lovely people. Rob just attracts just the, the nicest people. And yet we're making a film where we're slaughtering and <laughs> raising hell and doing all kinds of madness. But just like the fans, everybody's actually deep down inside. They got a big heart. Oh, wonderful. Well, Richard, thank you so, so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you again. And uh, the movie is great. I I love the ending. The, the, the just so, like you said, it's completely epic. I think the fans are going to love it. So thank you again um, for, for taking the time, man. It's great. been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Jessica. Hey, Bill. Oh, good. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, it's great to talk to you again. I'm really uh, happy to talk to you. Uh, it's been a while. Um, yes, and the sun is shining here in Los Angeles, and it's about 80 degrees, and uh, things are good. Awesome. Well, I know I don't have you for very long, so I'm going to pick you, your brain about all things Otis Driftwood. Go for it. <laughs> Perfect. So my first question for you is, this was a 10-year break from playing Otis live on screen again. What was it like returning to this character after a decade? What was the same and what was different? Well, uh, actually it was 14 years. Uh, oh, wow. So, you know, even add, add, a few more, add a few more bricks to the pile. Yes, Devil's <laughs> Rejects came out in 2005. Oh, my so, God, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, was, I am uh, off. <laughs> You know, it, it's funny because um, it wasn't so hard because, you know, because I go to uh, a bunch of horror conventions every year and people want to hear quotes and uh, there's, you know, the, the fans keep Otis very much alive and in touch. And so when, um, when the call came to uh, uh, stop shaving and start growing that beard again, um, you know, I was, I was certainly happy to hear it. Um, at the same time, um, it was a little daunting because, uh, you know, uh, that was, that was one of my, uh, as an actor, one of my high watermarks and, um, people loved the performance of, of, uh, my performances Otis in Devil's Reject so much that it was a very high bar and I didn't really want to do any disservice to that and, uh, let alone, you know, try to exceed it. So, I had, you know, I had some pressure that most of it self-applied. <laughs> and um, I remember on the second day of shooting, I had kind of a, you know, a, a, a short monologue to deliver. I was talking to some reporters from the back of a police van. And um, and I tried, you know, I, I uh, we did two takes of that. And, and both times I, I flubbed the lines. And I... 
asked for a timeout just for a sec and, and sat down in the, in the prison van and just, you know, tried to relax a little bit, not get so, you know, tense about everything. And I heard this voice say, uh, move over, Bill. I got this. And, uh, you know, it was, it was Otis. <laughs> Otis was like, you know, we don't need your Holly, we don't need your Hollywood insecurities and, you know, what's my better side and what's that line and, you know, all that baloney, uh, you know, which, you know, that's just comes with the territory as an actor, especially, you know, on a movie set and all that stuff. And, um, and Otis was, uh, was gentle, but firm Just get out of the way. I got this. And, uh, as soon as I did, as soon as I just said, okay, it's, he's all yours. Uh, things went great and it was uh, really so much fun. It was so easy. Uh, you know, the, the lines came trippingly off my tongue. The relationships came back. The new ones were, you know, fun and authentic and, uh, and it was great working with Rob again. That's awesome and sort of creepy that he's always in your head now that you've created him. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> um, and you know, for the most, for the well, I mean, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, I think we all have, you know, an Otis in our heads somewhere, and um, you know, I, I have accessed him. Um, the good news is, is that I leave him pretty much on the set. I mean, I don't bring Otis home, and you know get pissed off if you know my my woman of my where's my chicken you know that kind of thing i mean i don't do that my wife would kill me and uh you know i have two daughters and uh you know you don't want to be you know bringing otis home and doing crazy stuff i have you know i have a little dog and and two cats and so you want to leave otis basically back on the set uh, yeah after one of the lines he says in this movie and i've I learned how to do i've learned how to do that that that's the discipline people say how to, how how hard is it to go to those dark places? And I say, well, that's that's the easy part. That's the fun part. Uh, it's getting back by lunch. That's the hard part. And I've I've mastered that. So that's that's the good news. I was going to say one of the lines he says in the in this movie. I would keep him away from dogs. I would. <laughs> would <do that>. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. Um, so I know, I, and, and she's she's curled up right next to me on the couch aww. here, and, and the dog's name is Scampers. Scampers. Oh, oh my God. You know, I don't think Otis would have a dog named Scampers. <laughs> you know, Otis would have a dog, you know, he'd have a big, mean dog named, you know, Bloodthirsty, <laughs> not Scampers. So that's, that's, the, that's the difference between Bill and Otis. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. Now I got to know what, what kind of dog is it? Uh, Scampers is kind of a terrier chihuahua mix. I'm Aww. not really sure. She's a rescue. Oh. Yeah, little white. Scruffy looking little dog, but uh, very, very fun, very smart. Oh, that's so sweet. So um, I have to ask about this because I had actually just spoke to Richard today as well about creating the bond between you two as brothers on the screen because you never worked together before, which I was amazed by. Um, I, I knew it, but I was still surprised when I re rem remembered that you hadn't worked together and you guys worked so well together on this film. Um, can you talk about kind of creating that bond and, and also working with the improvisation that was in there? It was so much fun you know first of all meeting meeting richard uh you know there's you know he's he's coming in as a you know as a as a, a member of the family and so that was um you know the first day was kind of like feeling each other out like who is this guy and is is he going to be tough on me or is he you know how is he going to work is he going to fit and uh it really took us about you know 
10 minutes of conversation to, to like each other a lot. And, uh, you know, the first scenes that we did, everything just flowed so smoothly. Um, his improvisations were so funny. I mean, I, I think to the, uh, to the, the, the motel room scene where he's starting to talk about wanting to go into the porno business. That was so funny. I just, I couldn't believe it. And, uh, and then, of course, his, his improv um, when he's captured in the woods by the bounty hunters. Uh, that, that, to me, that was so funny. And that's, that's my wife playing the, uh, you know, Nebraska, the, uh, the woman bounty hunter. Oh, my God. It was so funny because she, she, was, she was listening to Richard's weird improv to the point where, um, and, and, uh, and Bill Oberst, uh, you know, it had his very taciturn reaction to it. And she got so freaked out that she started improvising, you know, shoot him, shoot him. (laughs) That was so funny. And I was right off camera, just laughing my butt off or trying not to, let's put it that way. Just, just trying to bite, you know, bite my finger and keep, keep the scene alive and not, not intrude my, my hilarity into it. Cause it was so funny. That's awesome. So after that, you know, Richard, Richard, Richard Brake can do no wrong in my eyes. And we had a wonderful bond as, as, uh, as friends, as fellow actors and as characters in the same movie. That's awesome. Well, Bill, thank you so, so much. This was fantastic. It's always great to talk to you. And I did tell Richard that every time I run into you at a con, you have cookies. So that is now a precedent that you have cookies with you at all times at conventions. It really, really helps. And, uh, <laughs> and again, my, you know, my favorite cookie, of course, is the, is the, is the Keebler Pecan Sandy. There you go. I'm, if next time I see you at a con at Horror Hound, I'm bringing you some. I'm bringing you some. Yep. And there you have it, folks, the two from hell uh, interview segment um, here on our special episode of Fangirl Radio. Uh, Don't forget, you can check out my Rob Zombie uh, interview in the latest issue of Horror Hound, hitting your local bookstores and comic book stores, as well as subscriber mailboxes this month. Um, Also, don't forget to check out Three from Hell in cinemas. Um, They are doing a Fathom event three-night special uh, feature on September 16th, which is uh, this Monday. Uh, you can go and see um, the film and also get a commemorative limited edition poster. Uh, on the 17th, there will be a behind-the-scenes feature at, including a, a special exclusive bumper sticker at Cinemark locations designed by Rob Zombie. Um, they will sell out of those, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, because that's pretty neat. And it is only at Cinemark's. Keep that in mind. Um, Also, night number three, which is the 18th of September, there will be a special ultimate double feature, uh, The Devil's Rejects and Three from Hell, back to back on screens from Fathom Events. So if you uh, have a local theater that has these, most most locations um, around have them, uh, typically Cinemark, uh, Regal does too. Go to fathomevents.com, punch in your zip code, and it will show you the closest locations having these movies. Um, And then be prepared because the rumor is Three from Hell is going to be hitting DVD, I think, in October, which is going to be pretty quick turnaround. So that's awesome. You'll be able to watch the gore fest at home. And uh, yeah, so I'm so happy to have been able to bring this to you guys. This was two great interviews with two great guys in horror 
Bill Mosley is a sweetheart, um, and Richard Brake is fantastic. He is a doll baby. Um, and I loved having a chance to talk to these guys about this, even if it wasn't for very long. We had them as long as we could, so I'm hoping you enjoyed it. Um, so next week... Um, we will be having another episode of Fangirl Radio, and it's going to be a super, super special episode featuring um, a star from American Horror Story. So stay tuned for that announcement. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and um, we'll see you next week on Fangirl Radio. See ya.